Buster Moody. I'm the artist on Task Force Rad Squad, and you're listening to 11 O'Clock Comics. <laughs> There we go. Horses are at the starting line. You know it. Got some fun, some fun stuff going on. Monkey bunch. And the source of the fun? Baffling. Because, you know, not usually a go-to guy for the good times. You know what I mean? Dude, this is beyond hurtful. I don't understand this. Good lord. You know how I play with you. Fucker. That's right. Hey everybody, it's 11 o'clock comics, episode 894, and boy do we have something special planned for you, because I'm Vince B. Ooh, you are Vince B, I am David A. Price. Indeed you are, and of course I am the Gall Yedin. Wow, you're not, you're Jason Wood. Where did you, where did you grab that? From the, from the book. The name from the book of the same name. Uh, interesting. Hmm, you're very surprising. But uh, you, you're not the guy yet. And you're Jason Wood, everybody, all together once again. And remember, it's all brought to you by CheapGraphicNovels.com. CheapGraphicNovels.com. Everything you want at the price you want to pay. Now, we're going to be talking about a lot of OGNs. Mm-hmm. Single editions, collected editions tonight, and you're probably going to be able to find a good 80% of them, if they're the ones that are at least in print, at CheapGraphicNovels.com, because they have all the Omnibu, the trade paperbacks, the OGNs, the manga, all that stuff at drastically reduced prices. Do the comparison test. Look it up on CheapGraphicNovels.com, then go to Amazon and see what they're asking for it. Chances are... Cheap graphic novels will be drastically less than Amazon. That's crazy. And best of even better, their postage is amazing. The way they ship and pack and stuff, it's it's so secure. The post person left mine out in the rain the other day. Didn't matter. My Romnibus was mint condition. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. So if you want to get that stuff and get it cheap, go to cheapgraphicnovels.com and when you order, because savings, you're going to receive an email saying, thank you for ordering, and you're going to reply to that email saying, 11 o'clock comics sent me, and you are going to get free shipping on your next order. It is amazing. You just, know it. Just like the Spider-Man. Max B. dude. Yes, he is. He's a wonderful individual. Mm. For real, though. Yeah. Well, my choice of poison for this week... Since we're doing something different, I thought, well, I have to drink, unlike Jason. I have from Flying Dog. Mm. Yes, one of my favorite breweries. This is a seasonal release. It's called Dogtoberfest. It's a Merzen Lager. Is that how it's pronounced? Merzen. Merzen Lager. And it says on the back of the, there's a back label that says, there is sauerkraut in my lederhosen. (laughs) All bold. I repeat. There is sauerkraut in my later hosen. And it's only 5.6% ABV. I also have from Dogfish Head, Crimson Crew Red mm. Ale. Ale brewed with sumac. 
that time of the month. Mm. It's 12 ounces, and it has 7.1% alcohol by volume. Mm. It's the Off-Centered oh. Art Series. Oh, I love that. Yeah. Yes. So that's what I got. Nice. Dr- drinking it up with my booze. I'm going to do you one better. Uh-oh. I got some Nature's Promise Grapefruit Sparkling Water. Thanks, John. Stop it, That's excellent. <laughs> it is Stop and Shop. You're correct. I am. Yeah. I know my store brands. That's right. Uh, I, I there's, there's a little bit of a chill I'm trying to nip, so I am um, sipping 90. on. What? It's like you're 90. I am. Uh, well, it's not <laughs> like I got a blanket across my leg. No, that's Jason. Um, I literally have a blanket across my leg right now. <laughs> Stunned. Yeah. Uh, with them little slippers that have the no the, slippers just oh, socks nice nice <laughs> um my uh my mictors unblended whiskey uh, a little bit of a splash of um of soda water and that's going to keep me going tonight nice now jason just to set yeah. the stage for your people yes anything happened this week well we'll, <laughs> we'll get oh right yeah i think we should do yeah let's do that first Oh, okay. Yes, and then we'll get into the thing that you came up with. That uh, okay. it's going to be a whole, whole mess of fun. One thing. So we're going to instead of a spoonful of sugar helps the medicine go down. We're going to give the medicine first, and then do the sugar. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Oh my god! That sounded <laughs> like a jet airplane. Is that I, I know. I just can't. I can't. I can't anymore. <laughs> oh, Take it away. I love you. <laughs> what? Uh, you just want me to to, to ex- explique the 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 issue of the week? Is that you want me to lead in? Yes, the you? big the big deal, the big goings on in the in the art world. Yeah, so this we're recording on Thursday, February first, and I am sure I am not the only person in our little world that has been deluged with uh, people sliding in and out of my DMs the last forty eight hours, and that is because. Uh, very unfortunately, there appears to be a fairly significant unwinding of at least the way things have currently been operated at Cadence Comic Art, and a an art shop that longtime listeners have heard us talk about quite a lot. Um, by way of history, um, I I was one of the first ever customers of Cadence because they got started back. Um, I believe the first show they ever set up at was uh, CGS three hundred, and. Or Super Show, one or the other. I always confuse them now. It's been so long. But one of those two shows. And they were setting up as an art rep. And their first ever client was none other than Mr. Scotty Young. And uh, and I remember I bought an Oz page from them that, uh, that weekend. And that was 15, 16 years ago. And they've grown to be one of the largest original art reps in the, in the, in the world with, um, well, at least until this week, you know, probably close to 100, uh, you know, artists ranging from, uh, you know, all over the world, ranging from you know, people that have been in the business for a long time to sort of new hot and comers, but all excellent, excellent artists in their own rights. And, um, you know, and I have been a major client of theirs, um, to say the least. I have spent, well, I'm not going to put, I'm not going to put my business out here on the podcast, but I've spent a, 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 co- a collective amount with Cadence over the years that would, um, you know, certainly make a lot of people faint, put it that way. Um, and I'm not alone. I mean, they've been very successful, right? I mean, they, they've, they, they have, they've scaled and, and, and seemingly done quite well. Um, but a few days ago, um, I was alerted by a fellow collector that, uh, the number two and number three people at the uh, company, um, 
resigned that they left. And, um, you know, that was noteworthy because if you've, if you've been to a convention at cadence for the last few years, you would know these two gentlemen, uh, quite well. They, they pretty much were, you know, in many cases run the show, um, or at least are as, as actively involved with the client base as, as, as Paolo, the owner. Um, so, you know, that was surprising. And, and I reached out to them, um, you know, cause I've become personal friends with them over the years and said, Hey, I hope all is well. I like, wish you luck. I, whatever. And, and, you know, needless to say, they didn't have much to say other than thanks or what have you. Um, but it certainly seemed a little odd for them both to leave at the same time. Um, and then we started hearing things on the internet, you know, just about like, Hey, what's going on at, at cadence? I, I, I'm, I'm hearing things were strange things were afoot and, and it was all very nebulous as these things tend to be. And, um, you know, I, I think, and you guys would agree with me. I mean, I was, I, well, it's certainly hard not to be curious of these things. I was also getting a bit of a pit in my stomach because I thought, well, I hope nothing's going on too bad because, you know, I consider almost everybody involved from the other other OA collectors that go there a lot to the artists that are there to, you know, even, you know, the people running the place, I considered them friends. So it's like, okay, this, this doesn't sound pleasant, no matter how it's panning out. Um, and, and, you know, and then as the last 48 hours have evolved, um, you know, more and more sort of come to bear most notably, uh, a lot of the Cadence uh, art artists that are repped have been publicly declaring on their social media um, that they are no longer associated with Cadence in any way. And, um, you know, to varying degrees. I mean, some have been just very terse with it. Some have been a little more emotional about it. Some have been, you know, many have still not commented one way or the other. But uh, many of the names of the artists are no longer on the website. So, but, but you know, so seemingly they're they're leaving, but they haven't publicly said anything. Um, and it's, you know, it's, it's, it's picked up a tremendous amount of, of, of momentum. Um, where, like I said, I mean, I, I probably had no exaggeration, 50 different people DM me in some capacity over this in the last 48 hours, meaning like, Hey, what are you hearing? Or did you hear, Hey, this is what I've heard, you know? And, and that's a really frustrating thing because I think that, um, while like there's a salacious component to anything like this, you really, really, I think people need to really be mindful of the fact that these are human beings, right? Like, like no matter what side or who we're talking about with this, like they're human beings with families and, you know, real financial circumstances that may or may not be at issue here. And, um, you know, so that's like, I would ask for people to like show a little grace there, but, um, but nevertheless, um, it, you know, it looks at least based on what I can get gather that there are certainly major things happening, um, you know, with Cadence and the art crew. And, you know, as, as you guys know, the three of us are very close friends with a lot of the artists that are repped there, you know, personal friends. And, um, it doesn't sound good, at least from what, from what I've gathered from them, they, they, they seem to be discouraged and frustrated and disappointed in what's incurred, but, uh, but I'll leave it at that because anything beyond that in terms of like what actually has transpired, that would be totally inappropriate for me to comment on because it's all just you know speculation and obviously we're not involved directly in any way so i I don't want to contribute to the speculation i have a feeling that you know at some point there'll be a full accounting of everything that's happened and why all these people are leaving and 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 they have you know they'll tell their story when they feel comfortable telling it but in the meantime i think we should just you know wish everybody well here and and i hope that um because again i mean this is this is unusual for us because of this was the people involved here are have played a big role in like our 15 years of doing the show, right? Like, like yeah, at cons, real. at cons and, 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 you know, yes, for, for me buying a lot of art from these people, but also like we've become friendly with these people. A lot of them have been on our show over the years. We've supported their works, their published works just passionately. So it really bums me out to see dozens of these people that we, we were friends with 
you know, the Bustaras seemingly very dejected and sad over the circumstances here. And, uh, you know, that's just outright sucks. And so, you know, I hope everybody's doing okay. I, I think if there's a good thing out of this, it's that, again, the artists involved here are impeccable talents. And I think if and when they're ready, there will be other um, firms that are more than willing to do right by them and, and pick up, you know, their 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 client clientele if they're interested. And, you know, to whatever extent, I mean, I've already told a few of them of this. If 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 anyone or if any of them would like some opinion about different reps, because I've done business with all of them, I'm happy to share it and be honest and candid about what I think their strengths and weaknesses are. But yeah, just everybody keep your heads up, and um, you know, to the people listening here, sort of like eating popcorn over this, just remember that, like, you know, for for as much as it it may seem entertaining to you, it's 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 real stuff affecting people's lives and their families. So it's it's certainly not something to celebrate. That is true. Yeah, I mean, I'm only on the periphery of this thing because I, you know, everyone knows that I, I don't buy original art. But as you said, I am friends with a lot of the artists yeah. involved. And my Insta for the past like day and a half, every time I check it, there's another person claiming mm-hmm. they are no way associated, blah, blah, blah. And it just kept going and going. And I was like, that's when I, I pinged you. I was like, what is happening? Yeah. And so we'll see what's happening. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, it's 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 a bummer for sure, right? Um, and I just hope that everybody that uh, that is announcing they're leaving, um, you know, figures out what they want to do. I mean, some have put up their own shingle, which makes sense. Some I know have already found other reps that they were friendly with and just kind of knew anyway. And a lot more, just like I don't know what I'm going to do. So you know, it's those that right. if we can help, if we can help you, you know, help help them out in any way, I'm, I I would love to help us to help you. That's right. Yeah, it's a good day when you can pull a quote from Daddy Daycare. Oh God! <laughs> I was thinking you were talking about Jerry Maguire. Maguire. Yeah. No, why is that in that too? Yeah, better movie. Yeah, yeah. Uh, is it though? Yes, I don't know. Trust me, <laughs> yeah, trust you. Got your morning. It can't be bad. Oh boy! So, um, the recently released patron special episode, we did a two-hour talk on Batman Year One. Which so was, fun. yeah, it was very much fun. Which sure was re- released only to our patrons. Sure was. And if you want to find out how to get in on that, just go to patreon.com forward slash 11 o'clock comics, blah, blah, blah. But uh, in the process of recording that episode, we were talking about evergreen titles. And the lack thereof from Marvel. So Jason said, hey, let's do something fun next episode. Let's try and think of all of those seminal works with which you can hand to a neophyte reader that perfectly encapsulates the characters with which they're interested. Right? And mm-hmm. so initially there was to be no preparation. We were just going to go in, name a character, see if we can suss out an evergreen title. So that we have a list of characters and it's called the Evergreen Hunt, kind of like the Titans Hunt, only not. Mm. And <laughs> and uh, so that's what <laughs> we're going to do. Lend well. No, we're gonna we're just basically going to see um, what characters have those books that can be passed on to anyone, completely oblivious of the character mm-hmm. or their history. And um, in my opinion, there is a universe between DC and Marvel in this respect. Oh, for sure. DC seems to go out of their way to make their books very accessible to new readers. 
To wit, they have published since 2013 a DC Essential Graphics Novels graphic novels book that they give out. For at least 10 years, they've been publishing this. And it had, I mean, if we wanted to cheat, we could bring one of these up or, or you know, go through a hard copy and right. see what books are listed. But we're not going to do that. Maybe we'll check against the DC um, essential graphic novels at the end. But my point being that DC seems to have carefully curated a selection of works that can be given to anyone to initiate them, the readers, into their universe. Marvel does not seem to care. They did for a, a, a very, very slim period of time. Remember when they were doing the, the those hardcover volumes? There was a Doctor Strange. There was a Hulk. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and then they're like, they just seem to abandon it. Mm-hmm. So, you know, DC is, is trying to find new readers. Your opinion may vary as to whether or not they're successful on that front. But Marvel seems to be like, yeah, we're Marvel. We don't need to do that. I, I Lately, Marvel has whether it's for young the, the the young readers, young audiences, or um, based on some animated shows, they have gone for a long time. Marvel seemed to be really rigid, and like if it didn't exist in the six one six, like that there, there was no alternate versions of their characters except for the ones in New York that you could read about every month, but. DC, like you're saying, Vince, never had that problem. It didn't. I mean, this is even. I mean, yes, of course, Marvel had What If during the the, the 70s, but DC is just like we have a, we have an idea for a character. We're going to tell it continuity. Be damned! It doesn't need to be you know within whatever the hell ongoing series it is. I mean, we see that with all the Earth One books. We 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 see that with just with the Black Label stuff with Batman Damned or any. It doesn't matter. If somebody has an idea for a character, DC's like, great, we're just going to give it its own special book and and have fun with it. And that that makes for a great variety when you're perusing a bookstore and, and you want a graphic novel to go and you're not worried about whether or not you've got to come back every month to finish the story. It just makes me wonder the why, with all of the, the effort and time they put into curating their, their output. Like, if you go through this essential graphic novels, it's carefully broken down. Batman, Superman, Flash, Green Lantern. And then after that, it's like the horror stuff, the fringe stuff, Milestone, Young Readers. Like they have everything segmented that if you're looking for a particular type of book or uh, stuff around a particular superhero, you can find it very easily in this book. Why? Why have they not eclipsed Mar? And like, I know it doesn't really matter to anyone, but I would think with this kind of effort... DC would have had the lion's share of the market because it's so easy for people to get involved. Mm. And yet they, they, they still, in terms of dollar value or you know dollars generated, they still fall behind Marvel year after year after year. Mm-hmm. It makes no sense to me. Right. I, I don't know. But, well, uh, part, of it, part of it is just the size of the publishing line each month, right? But True, true that. Um, but uh, I think for our um, game here, we should... Just cancel out Batman. He doesn't get to play because well, right. we, he's was, the well, right for for frame of reference. I mean, like you said, I know that the, as you mentioned, we had a, a patron only episode about Batman Year One, and we're not going to certainly regurgitate um, most of what we talked about because we spent two hours. But the point of the way this all came about is that we generally agreed that 
whether you're t- whether you whether you pick DKR or you're one or both, and you said if it's, you know you said you have been basically trying to read a story about Batman or had spent decades you gave that up a while ago, but you had spent decades trying to find a story that was as good that featured Batman as DKR, you know, and you're one. Yes. And and then I said, oh, I said, I think that's a lot of our current, that's a lot of our fandom in general, right? We're, or, I mean, how many bad X-Men comics and, and, and bad Avengers comics have I read over the last 40 years just because I don't want to miss the next great Avengers comic and X-Men comic, but have any of them ever really matched up? And then we started talking about, are there definitive works? And if you, you know, is there a work by a character that you could give to someone and confidently say, well, if you don't like this, you don't like the character or you don't like the team. Um, and I think I think this is one of those interesting conversations for several reasons. One, opinions are going to vary greatly, right? Mm. Right. Like depends on how much you love the character, probably first and foremost, and how familiar with the entirety of, this, of what's been written about them. Um, second, I think that. um the way you interpret the question can be different. I mean, I think some might be hearing us talk and think, okay, this is going to be your favorite Superman story or your favorite Wolverine story. Not necessarily. Like, and I think that's, I was, that's not what I'm going for. I'm not like, if we had a conversation about what our favorite stories were featuring character, I would have a list and I wouldn't really give much thought to whether that story was definitive or the most, like the most representative of that character's ethos and uh so to me that's a different like that's that's a different nuance favorites not necessarily we're getting at most famous might not even be we're getting at you know it's that's not necessarily true either um depending on what character we're talking about so you know it's really just a, it's yeah it's just a thought exercise like you know person walks in from your office and is like hey i really think this uh you know this uh plastic man is cool is there a is there one book that you could give me that will let me know if I love Plastic Man, right? And we'd have to be like, well, let me think about that, right? Like probably what an LCS owner has to do lots of times each each year when somebody walks in and says, oh, I really like, you know, Mr. Mix's put Like, what should I read, right? Um, but the interesting thing will be as we go through these and throw some at each other, like whether they exist or not. Right. And whether we can all agree that they exist. Yeah. I impose some, some uh, restrictions on my choices. Or choice, I love that. Or choices that I will make. Mm-hmm. Because if it's not in print, I can't give it to them. It's not available. Okay. And if yeah. it if it's uh I it's hard it's hard to call it an evergreen if it's not available. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I um I've been wrestling isn't the right word, but there have been I, I've just been mulling it over for the past couple of days because it's yes, we're 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 focusing on evergreens and that doesn't necessarily for me like like new frontier is an evergreen but i don't know if i'd say it's it's just a justice league story necessarily or if it's just a a a bridge between the 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 golden and silver like it i just i've i was like vince is kind of just imposing rules on myself is this it i basically but it ended up coming down to for a lot of my picks was this is kind of this is the version of the character or this title that i think is 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 accessible the the, a new reader could understand the character or at least get get the gist of it and and preferably it's a story that has a 
a beginning, middle, and end. So I wouldn't, for example, since we're talking about year one, mm-hmm. I wouldn't necessarily call year one a, a, a well, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say it's the definitive Batman because he's just starting out. That's not the Batman we all know and love, but the guy who's a thousand steps ahead and knows everything. And it, it, it's so, and, and plus but, the way wait, the story wait, was wait, written. Go ahead, but there go ahead. is no perfect Batman story then. Because Batman has been around for decades. No, so no, no, no. But, but, but this is – so you're one where I would absolutely love for somebody to read that. But if they're like, listen, I like Batman, that's not necessarily the Batman story that – I mean, it'll be a great story. But that's not that's – not, there's not a lot of Batman in year one and and that's what i'm getting at like i would rather have somebody then i'd give them dkr because at least that's a batman story and you get a lot of history in there between the conversations that bruce or batman or gore everybody's having so you get you get more there's more meat on the dark knight returns bones than there are on year one so that's so year one was was out of the running for me if batman was on the list because it's it it's open-ended. There's there, there's a lot of avenues you can go down, which is what Jeff Loeb and Tim Sale did, which is what uh, Will and and Tom and so many other writers have done, is that they've taken what Frank did and built on it. So I wouldn't... I, th- that's all I'm saying, is that that, that that was just something that I, I put myself in a box on that. So so you're right, Vince. There may not be the absolute perfect be-all and end-all Batman story, but, but I wouldn't feel comfortable giving somebody who wants to read a Batman story year one sounds like it's gonna be an interesting conversation (laughs) yeah yeah i also oh yes limited it to 12 issues or less because i i it originally was eight but then jason said well remember tom he's the master of the 12 issue and i'm thinking yeah you're right so 12 issues or less has to be available in some kind of an edition that i could just hand someone Mm -hmm. it's not gonna i'm not gonna give them an omnibus and yep. and have them flip to the middle of it. Hey, I'm interested in that Jesus guy. Well, here's the Bible. Uh, uh, Read the whole thing. You know, that's not how I, I did. It. All right. So, so, how do you want to do this? Do you do you want to do you want to th- do you want do you envision us throwing out a a character? Yeah. Or, or yeah. title, and then having the others discuss mm-hmm. whether they think there's an I example. Like right. I'll start with the most difficult one. Okay. I right. think Amazing Spider-Man. <laughs> it I, is because I. Cool. I, I, I I don't have one, so I don't. I can't. I, I actually, I, I, I came up with three for different reasons, um, and and I don't. They're all um, well. One of them I can't really. One of them everybody talks about or maybe considers or thinks it's an evergreen. I don't. Your mileage may vary, but for me, there there was one. There was one story that really made me think. That this is Spider-Man because he is just he's he's focused on a mission and and that is to protect people and he will sacrifice himself just to make sure that the damage is is kept to a minimum and and it's with everything else going on in Peter's life it just those two issues just felt like a a great primer for somebody who wants to read about spider-man but it is only two issues so i don't know if it i i that, that's two issues is not really an evergreen make i don't think so i can't it's i think there also I, has to be a component of critical acclaim involved in this too like you just can't select something you enjoy right you know what i mean it has to has it, it has to have withstood the test of time Mm-hmm. that's why i think i ended up 
with um, with Spider Man Blue. Okay, it's it, an I intro, mean, it's, yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it's 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 early Peter. Gwen's alive. It's 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 with the whole Coffee Bean Gang, and and it's just, but it's 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 Valentine's Day. Uh, the framing is is basically it's Peter's love letter to Gwen. Um, he's he is with Mary Jane at this time because it's he's he's, he's telling a story from the past. Um, but it it does I I think Loeb does a good job of letting the reader know uh, who Peter Parker is, who Spider Man is. And uh, and and what what he puts himself through, and what he does for those he loves. Right. Uh, I, I, I there there's none. I, I don't think there's there's one. Um, I mean, you know, the 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 top level Spider-Man uh, collections, Craven's Last Hunt. You can't give that to someone. No, um, that's exactly right. And, yeah. Right. I was going to make that point. I think for me, my my first thought was Craven's Last Hunt, but because I do think that is the. Probably That's what everybody goes to, but yeah, it's, it's not like, right. It, it's but not it's right not right. Though. Yeah, it's, it's complex. It, it, it's it's powerful because you have a lot of familiarity with the characters. So. If you just if if you want to read a fun little Spider-Man story that 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 basically tells you who the character is after he's established, it's um from Amazing two twenty nine and two thirty. Nothing can stop the Juggernaut. I think that's a great little story. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Again. <laughs> again but no i yeah, know it's, it's not it's, never right right it's just, it's, I, I mean in a perfect world marvel would publish slim hardcover uh editions of amazing spider-man 33 and say here's the one issue if you mm. want to know anything about peter parker or spider-man this is yeah. probably the best single issue of spider-man ever written so yeah. yeah just hand out hand out that but then they'll be like "Ooh, it's so old looking i don't understand what's this with this art you know how people are right yep so I mean, yeah, the Spider-Man is is one of the best characters ever created, and yet there's not an evergreen title to give to someone. I mean, at least not on the level of Dark Knight Returns or Year One or something of that acclaim. It just doesn't exist, and it's sad. I think I agree with you. Yep. Yeah. Uh, okay. Well, since um. Well, I'm going to say, uh, I'm going to throw Hulk out there for you. Oh, easy. Okay. Planet Hulk. I think I, I knew it. I knew you were going to say that. Yep. Mm-hmm. But it, what do you say, it, It's a little bit heavy lifting, pun intended, mm-hmm. for a new reader because it's it's long-ish. It's on the, I mean, I, mean, I wouldn't give them the omnibus with everything in it. I would just mm-hmm. give them the collected Planet Hulk. And it's like, here, this is, a, this is a great Hulk story. Yeah. It, it incorporates the origin somewhere in there. Because Pac was good about letting you know where this character came from. It shows yeah. the the paranoia the entire Marvel Universe has for this character. Because he's a he's a, uh, a, a hair trigger. He could go off at any moment. And what are they going to do? Right? Let's get him off planet. Send him away. Brilliant solution. Uh, not so much. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and, that's, uh, and, that's, and that's issues 92 through 105. Um Primarily written by Greg Pak with, with with Daniel Way, but uh, and and a slew of artists, which I won't I, I won't run off. But yeah, that that was on my list. What do you say, Jason? Yeah, I think it's the closest for me. And and some people are probably hearing this and thinking like, well, what about the Peter David run? Well, that's kind of the point, right? Like mm. when we talk about Hulk, we think of of things like the Peter David run. But that was what eight years, nine years? Yeah, whole mess um, of issues. So like yeah, it's 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 like you can't just say the Peter David run for this because 
Yes, I mean, I think that's, I would think, because of the, the length of it, it's, it's probably the best Hulk run ever, but but that's not what we're talking about. And so I think Planet Hulk's the closest for me. Um, it's certainly my favorite Hulk story that fits in this, say, short-form parameters of, like, 12 issues or less. Um, obviously, we were all really big fans of the um, Immortal Hulk that, but that mm-hmm. and that went for what uh, fifty issues. Fifty issues. Yeah, yeah. and so, you have to read the whole thing. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, not, yeah. yeah. It's a wonderful. I mean, there are a couple of one shots, but even yeah. that ties into the ongoing. So it's not like yeah, he is. Not... Yeah, I guess the the one the one nitpick I have with the Planet Hulk is that, as you noted, it's it, it is a setting that is not it is not uh, it is not prototypical for him. It's, no. It's, you know, he's basically he's basically you know um uh, uh, like. John Carter Mars or or like like Conan in space like he's you know he's he's he gets and there's some cool things about that he gets to be himself un, un, unapologetically right he can he can be the rampaging Hulk without any consequence because in that world he needs to be which is a neat difference yeah, from world breaker yep. yeah all so of the I best love that I mean I think it's a pretty good pick I, I I don't I mean I think it probably could be I guess what I'm thinking is if someone said to me I want to read about the Hulk would I hand them Planet Hulk thinking that if they liked it, they'd be like, I'm a Hulk fan. But right. it's tough. I, Hulk, I, so, I, version of Hulk has been so different, right? Like, you've had so many different iterations of Hulk. Well, that's the thing. All of the best Hulk writers know you either have to get Hulk away from the Marvel Universe. Bill Mantlo with the, the Crossroads and the Puffball Collective and, 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 you know, just getting in with Jarella, Get him out of the regular Marvel Universe. Or you have to significantly change him to the point where he's not... A global threat like the pantheon the pantheon mr gray like they they know that hulk as a character the, the original rampaging hulk is a he is just a nuke and it he doesn't play well with the rest of the marvel universe oh that's that's why and for the reasons that jason pointed out about it being a different environment for the character and not something that somebody might be used to seeing right uh i went with regression which is from incredible hulk 286 through 300 and annual 12 as vince pointed out written by bill mantlo um sal Bashima, that that because that's really kind of like that's that's just it was after he was pardoned it was before it was it was right at that cusp before he had to go back to just being a a, a mad berserking monster and 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 they had to shunt them off into the crossroads but that's that that's what i think about when i think of hulk when i think of just hulk smash and and the big green behemoth i love planet hulk i love peter david's run and you can pick out a bunch of things from there but yeah i i when i think of the hulk it's 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 the bill and sal version and 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 regression is a trade that's in print it collects those issues so if you just want to a story where Hulk just gets to be Hulk in in a setting you might be familiar with. Um, I, I figured regression was a good pick. That is a good pick. It's been so long since I've read it, though. I'd I, I'd have to read it to, to really. Say oh yeah, I, I still want to know if it stands up. But yeah, mm-hmm. based on based on memory, because uh, I also remember the corner box because that's when he dropped the little vial and he starts changing it. It was mm. it, it was a fun time. It was a fun time. Mm-hmm. We could probably there's a couple on both sides of here in DC Marvel that we could probably just agree and knock out, right? Like, like daredevil, the answer is yes. And it's born again. Right. right I mean, yep, exactly. Yeah. Yep, yep, right. Yep. So I'm saying, but we should acknowledge that. Cause I'm sure again, listeners would be like, what about, 
like those that's an easy one but it's worth mentioning i mean to me that is like the that's the that may be the most definitive marvel evergreen in this yeah. category right I, I, totally I, agree i'm not gonna argue it there, there's nice. just nothing else Nice. I got one for you guys now. Admittedly, so my one I probably have more of an opinion on than you guys, but I was curious. Deadpool. Jesus, I I, <laughs> I don't know. I have no idea. Uh, I, I don't know. <laughs> oh yeah. Um, as I really didn't read it with really any regularity. I know Priest wrote some. I know Gil Simone wrote some. Um, there was that. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, Joe Kelly's the definitive writer. Right? Control. Yeah, I was thinking yeah. Casey, but you're right. Yeah, yeah. Joe Kelly. So yeah, mm-hmm. um, no, I, I I wouldn't be able to give you an answer. Here's why I brought this one up. Um, I think this is a very very difficult one character to to say yes to because it's like Frankenstein's monster. Um, the majority of the Deadpool that the people listening to this podcast have read, uh, particularly if they're younger than forty has been a strange amalgamation of two very different archetypes of the character that have always been at odds. You had the the original version, which was basically a almost silent, snake-eyes-like a mutant assassin created by Rob, right? Rob Liefeld, still making quite a nice living off of the fact that he created that character. Um, and he wasn't really a fun... He wasn't funny, per se. I mean, he had a few witty remarks but he was a deadly assassin all business uh super cool right and then you had what i mentioned joe kelly who took over the character and had a many many year run on the book um which i think if we're just talking runs i I would say certainly like that's the definitive deadpool joe kelly defined deadpool what i mean by that is that joe completely reimagined the character and created the fourth wall breaking slapsticky nonstop jokey almost well not almost but often over the top to the point of annoyance character um but he did it really well and it was novel at the time because again this was something that no one had done before but the problem is is that the vast majority of people who have chosen to or been picked to write deadpool ever since have felt compelled to try and make their version of joe kelly's version and the problem with that as we say it all the time humor is very subjective and it is an incredibly fine line between that character and the way that he's portrayed being incredibly cringe annoying or, or entertaining. And it's a super fine line. And I think most times writers have gone over it. So to me, I was thinking about this and thinking, well, so if someone said I'm interested in Deadpool, what, what should I read? And, um, I came up with something that, uh, is newer. It's actually from 2013. It's Deadpool, the good, the bad, and the ugly. It's still in print. It's a pretty good seller each year. Uh, it, inc- it, it is um, Deadpool, the third volume, numbers 13 through 19. It was co-written by Brian Posehn and Jerry Duggan. Mm-hmm. Art, amazing art. Uh, first few issues by Scott Koblish, and then the majority of the book by Declan Shalvey. And it is a story where Deadpool... Um, it, one of the scientists who imbued him with his powers, his healing factor and like is trying to kill him. And so he finds two other super soldiers that were part of the weapon X program, Wolverine and captain America. And they go on a buddy movie type of adventure, trying to stop the people who are trying to stop them. And the reason I, I would nominate that. And I realize you guys probably don't feel, feel empowered to 
push back or agree or disagree. But the reason I nominate is because I think that for me, who's read a ridiculous number of Deadpool comics, it's the it's one of the only evergreen still in print volumes of the character that I think really nicely and deftly balance the original version of this badass who is a you know has few few peers on the planet in terms of being deadly and is funny but not to the point of you want to close the book because it's cringy so that's my nomination uh and again i I don't presume you guys are gonna have much pushback or support for this but but that's my pick i guess it's a good pick i haven't read it Um, (laughs) yeah and i get it yeah yeah yeah, there's so much Deadpool too. He he's almost as diverse in in character makeup as yeah. the Hulk. You could like that first miniseries. I think Joe Mad drew it, and then it mm-hmm. changed to you know yeah, the, the Wisecrack. It's there's so many people I've had there. Circle Chase. The Circle one. Chase. That's the one. Yeah, mm-hmm. I have a character mm-hmm. from Marvel mm-hmm. that rivals Daredevil in his evergreen titles. It's the one character besides Daredevil that there are many evergreen titles from which to choose. Do you know who that is? My main man, Logan. Nope. Mm. Captain America. Oh, okay. You have The Man Without a Country by Mark Wade and Ron Garney. Yep, Ron Garney. Yeah. You have uh, The Adventures of Captain America, Sentinel of Liberty by Fabian yeah, Nicieza, Kevin McGuire. McGuire. You have the Tim Sale, Jeff Loeb thing. What was it called? White? Yeah, I don't know about or, that one. But yeah. it's still... Uh, yeah, it's, yeah, it's, I don't know. Yeah, it's, I mean, I'm, again, and there's there's a lot of... Ca- now, there's a, an entire era of Captain America that you cannot give to anyone to read that is interested in the character. The Remender or Brubaker? No, the, the Grunwald. I mean, it's just... Oh, oh there's okay, yeah. yeah Cap yeah. Wolf and D-Man. Like, what is all this? Diamondback. There's so many things that um and there's no don't leave out the cool part of a servant society come on right but what i'm saying is that era is great but it's not a dalliance you got to jump in head first i agree yeah. right and it seems like for captain america and you can even give them the first uh brubaker trade and you know that that's a gateway drug i mean because if you can't read you can't read that and not want to read more Right, so I think I think Captain America's um, collections are very robust, in at least in terms of, for the Marvel universe, he's one of the top dogs. Yeah, yeah, no, that's. I mean, they I mean, may not have I, all. I mean, I anticipated someone bring up Captain America, and I, I, I think there is a definitive Captain. America. Like, I, again, if the question is, someone says to me they want to read about Captain America, and I want to hand them something that they're going to get a really good sense of the character and whether they like the character a lot. My nomination is Captain America the Winter Soldier, which collects Captain America 1 through 14 from the fourth volume, which was mm-hmm. the second Baker. I mean, he, he had back to back, you know, they re, they redid a renumbering, but he still on the title. But this was Brubaker, Epting, Lark, Perkins, and John Paulion. Four amazing artists working with Brubaker. 12 issues, or 14 issues. And I know you had said you put a 12 issue limit on yours, and I, I, so I guess technically this wouldn't fit, but this is one collection. And it's actually 13 issues for, it skips one of the 14 issues, but because it was a one shot or kind of a one off. But, um, I mean, to me too, what's interesting is the character in, in, in Brubaker's Captain America the Winter Soldier, a lot of the conceptualizations of, of what went into the MCU are first there, right? Um, I mean, this is, this book for those that don't know is about Bucky Barnes not being dead 
after decades of being dead. I mean, he, that was in a, in a, in an industry where nobody ever really dies. Bucky Barnes was dead for decades, right? Since we, we only knew him as a dead character for forever. And then Brubaker brought Bucky back and he's subsequently been a pretty mainstay fixture in the Marvel, Marvel world, both published and, and cinematic as the winter soldier. Um, but this is where that all happens. And, um, so, yeah, so I, I mean, that would be my pick, but I realize that's certainly not like a throw the hammer down and say, there it is. But I, I just, just, that's my thought on it. Yeah. I, I mean, as a lot of cap stuff that I really enjoyed were, were like all in the ongoings. I know it, it would, what Vince riffed off all solid stories. I just, I guess they just never stuck with me or, or, or made such an impact where, I, I I'd consider them an evergreen, but they absolutely tick off all the boxes. Nice. What else? Uh, well, now that he's read some of these, what would be now that Jason has read some of the stories featuring versions of this character? What would do you think there is one? And if there is, what is Grendel's evergreen? I mean. You're throwing me for a loop here because, I mean, like, I don't know. I wasn't knowing we were playing with not – because to me, like, Grendel only exists – like, there is only one version, right? Like, in the sense that – I know what you mean. There's lots of different versions of Grendel, but, like, it's all Matt Wagner, though. I mean – Sure. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I don't. I think the answer is no because there, cause each one is its own ca- its own character and each book is a different length. And as like we talked about, it's often drawn by different people, but – I think that like the thing that's definitive about Grendel is that it's a collection of characters tied together through the eyes and mind of Matt Wagner, right? I mean, that's how I see it, but obviously you're far more nuanced with your Grendel knowledge than I am. Do you have a pick, Vince? No, I I I kind of feel the same way. It's all it's all from one one person, so every every book is is kind of definitive, depending on the Grendel. You know what I mean? It's defi- there's a definitive Epi Thatcher. There's a definitive Hunter. Oh, well, Rose, yeah. Like, yeah. Yes. No. I. Uh, well, the way the way I approached it was that if because there is, however, forty or so issues of the ongoing, and that it was broken down into limited series when Dark Horse republished it. But um, but there is one that I think if if somebody just wanted to see what maybe Grendel was about. That is kind of, it's it's after the Hunter Rose stuff, which can be a little dense, um, but gives enough where it respects the past because they're telling the story of of, of what went on before while it's happening. It, it's the first twelve issues. It's 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 Devil's Legacy, the first twelve issues by by the drawn by the Panda Brothers. Uh, Christine Spar is the Grendel, and and that's the one where. I think it's it's a really strong starting point because yes the epi stuff the 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 Orion and and even because I was even thinking of War Child but that's you do need to know what came on before Grendel Prime so um, it when thinking about it, it it just it made sense if if I'm going to give somebody something to read from Grendel I probably wouldn't start with Hunter Rose just in case they uh they want to read something a little bit more more comic booky and not not read so much text. Right. 
All right, it's it's like an Oklaskar's funeral up in this piece. Let's get it. Let's do rapid fire. Let's get these done because we're nearing the edge. All right, there, player. Damn, Super, Superman. Uh, yeah. Uh, well, I I want to hear Jason. Well, no, I don't. I again, this is off the cuff. Go ahead, you go ahead if you have something. I'm, I'm thinking about. It. I mean, uh, it it's I I so wanted I so wanted to do Man of Steel, but I had to go with Birthright. It's twelve issues by Mark Wade, Lanil Yu, Jerry Ogwin, and uh, Dave McKeg. And I went with Birthright, or not Birthright? Yep. Damn it, no! I went with Man you of Steel. With, yeah, because it's, it's perfect. It's, it's awesome. It's it's an absolute introduction to Superman, but because there's so much more beyond that, and 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 deliberately so, um, it it just isn't as as self-contained. I mean, not that Birthright is because it's a complete origin story, but it builds on what Byrne did. So it's mm-hmm. kind of like I'm I'm having my cake and eating it too with Birthright, but but I I, I if Birthright didn't exist, it would absolutely be Man of Steel. Hmm. Yeah, I'll take. I mean, you can, whatever you guys say is fine. I, I don't have a I don't have a strong opinion on this one. I mean, my favorite Batman. I mean, my favorite Superman story is All Star Super, uh, Superman, but yeah, yeah, I don't know if that's definitive. So, um, I think it is. I think it is for me, though. I just it, it's it's so much in love with the Silver Age, and it should be. Mm-hmm. But it's yeah. just it's, and it's not that that makes it impenetrable. But it's Grant being being fun and and quirky, yeah. and so yeah, yeah, for sure. All right. Well, how about Avengers? Oof. Avengers Forever issues one through twelve. Busick, Pacheco, Marino, and Steve Olaf. Yeah, I had two Avengers Forever for sure. That's one of the easy, but like anytime anyone's ever asked. In fact, that's happened to me a lot. Like, oh, I like you know, people see the movie. I'm into the Avengers. What should I read? I say, here you go, Avengers Forever. But uh, there's another one, Avengers: No Road Home. Al Ewing, Jim yes. Zub, Mark Wade, drawn by Paco Medina. We all loved it when it came that's out. It's a good yeah. one. Super yeah. fun. It, it, it gives you back a very it gives you the origin story. I mean, it's a it's a little twisted, right? Because there's this new character, but it it walks you through the origin. Uh, takes you through modern, has a decent chunk of characters, but doesn't bog you down with just you know. It's not like it's not like uh, Justice League Unlimited. There's not a hundred characters you got to know. I just think it's terrific. So those would be the two I'd hand someone. The only one that came to mind was Avengers Forever, yeah. because I forgot about No Road Home. But mm-hmm. yeah, I would yeah. definitely include that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Here's Wolverine. a hard one. Oh, oh. no, we'll go to Wolverine. Yeah, Wolverine's easy. The Claremont. I think there's a lot. I think there is. I, know you said, I think there's a lot you could pick. Um, Claremont but, Miller, Wolverine miniseries, um, the Weapon X, Barry Windsor Smith. Yes, for sure. Those are the two. I think those are. Yeah, the two. yeah. Mm-hmm. There's that uh, one that Azarello drew. Uh, I forget the name of it, but it's oh Riso. No, 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 no. Riso. No, you mean uh, I mean Azarello yeah. wrote it and, and Riso drew it. Yeah, 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 yeah. That that was that was good. Um, yeah, there's yeah, there's there's there's. There's Logan. There's you know, which is I mean, not Logan. Uh, Origin, right? Um, which is certainly, but but for for me, the, the two you name, I think the original four issue miniseries that's that's drawn by Miller, written by Claremont, and Weapon X, which is uh, definitely packages an evergreen these days as one whole story by Barry Windsor Smith, but was as we know was serialized in Marvel Comics Presents for a right. long time. So yeah, um, yeah, those are the two because I think. Um, they're the two like most pure aspects of 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 the character. Like I, I think if you if you read those two, you're gonna know exactly who Logan is is when when he's the most interesting. I think to read. Yeah. Right. Yep. Iron Man. I mean, I want to say Demon in the Bottle. Yeah, that's the that default, print, right? But, but I but I don't know. Like, is it fair to say that it's the most memorable because? We weren't used to seeing prominent superheroes have alcoholism, but 
I don't know that that's the definitive no, Tony Stark, I don't think honestly, so. right? Yeah. No. yeah. I don't think there is one. I, I kind of agree. I mean, maybe once... Yeah, I mean, even even during the... Uh, on the road to 200 when when he took when, when stain had taken over stark and 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 tony was getting it back and it was the, the introduction of i think like the silver centurion armor and it's it it's pretty and it's a funky story but yeah i wouldn't even collect it i, don't I mean know. i might even go so far as say civil war <laughs> except the re- yeah tony reached the zenith of what a dickie's always been uh right but i don't know okay here's a relatively easy one okay flash Oh, see, I don't. I'm I'm so unread with Flash, I couldn't begin to tell you. Well, I think you got to break it up into two. You got to do either Wally or Barry. Mm-hmm. So for Wally, it's Born to Run from Mark Wade. Oh, okay. And Flash Rebirth for Barry. Even though I hate to nominate yeah, a book yeah. drawn by him, oh, that shit bird. Yeah. yeah, it's that's. I mean, it's marketed as Ground Zero Flash. Yeah. So that's the one you would hand someone. It is. I mean, listen, it, it's, you know, it, John's was having fun bringing back some of his old Silver Age favorites. So it, it definitely fits. If I had to pick a Flash one, I would probably, just like Jason did, uh, I, I'd have to go Crisis on Infinite Earths. It's not a Flash story at all, but right, it's, right. I mean, he, he, he saves the day and sacrifices himself or tries to at least. So it's, it, it's important for flash for that story but yeah it's there's there wasn't a whole lot of barry stuff even before before crisis that you could say hey here's a great well, flash story that flash of two worlds right but i'm saying but right and, and but that that's that's a one-off to, to introduce to, to have people remember the golden age but it's not that 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 wasn't part of some massive storyline that that you could collect into a substantial read it is neat though um, Justice League of America. Oof. Yeah, I don't know. I rough. It's, I I ended up. Um, hmm. I, I if we could just pick one issue, I would have picked the League Divided Justice League of America two hundred, written by Conway with a bunch of artists. It's a fantastic Justice League issue because it really encapsulates everything that I love about the Justice League. But um, I I guess I guess you could kind of cheat and just go with Kingdom Come. Mm. Yeah, I don't. I don't think the neophyte's going to make any sense out of that. No, no, yeah, definitely not. yeah, yeah. It, it's hard because you have in a sea of of evergreen titles for singular heroes. DC's group books don't have a lot of evergreens. Like I could say no. Teen Titans. What's the evergreen book for that? Like if if it's if if you want to think of one, then. Uh, it's it's the Judas contract. Yeah, that's because it's it, it it the collection of that kicks off with New Teen Titans thirty nine, which is when uh, Dick and Wally are basically retiring, and then forty is is the or forty New Teen Titans thirty nine and forty Tales of the Teen Titans forty one through forty four and Tales of the Teen Titans Annual number three makes up the Judas contract. I I I think there's enough there for readers to kind of like get the gist of the team and, and, and how connected they are and what, how, how much of a familial unit they are. But, uh, it's still, it, it, it's a pretty dark story and I don't, um, I, I, I don't know how comfortable I feel giving somebody that story, but it, it's probably the closest of anything from the Titans that would be considered an evergreen. It's not games. It's not 
Titans hunt that went on forever. It's not Teen Titans. It's not the Johns and McCone stuff that came later. I if if I'm going to give somebody a Titans book, it has to be from Marvin George. So I that that Judas contract is the only thing that comes to mind. Yeah. Well, here's one near and dear to Vince's heart, and I don't have an answer for you. Fantastic Four. There's none. There's none. There's, there's not about a, that full circle book. No, but that's just the nah, book. That's nah, a, that's there's not a single Fantastic Four book you can give to someone. I agree. It's so sad. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, and I racked my brain trying to think of anything that could fit here, and there's just nothing. Yeah, because it's all like you'd be there like, oh, go. Like the, a lot of the answers to these would be like the Omnibus, right? Like go go and read the original Lee Kirby Omnibus, right? Like, I mean, that those first yeah. 50 plus issues are like the DNA that created most of the Marvel Universe. So like that, but it's all, it's a worthy read, but that's, you know, I'm telling you, I'm telling you to read 50 issues. So it's like, right, you know. Right, and yeah. it, And it's a feint because if if they liked it, and they wanted to check out current stuff. They would. It, it's not even the same. It doesn't even feel like the same characters, yeah, right? And then if, if you gave them the Hickman, oh my goodness! Like, what am I reading? Yeah. It's it. There's. It's just too spread out and too diverse. Yep. Yep. It's sad. Um, Agreed. And the thing that that impresses me about DC, even they even have evergreen works for their second and third tier characters. Like if you said, oh, I like this Constantine character. What do I read? Well, you give them dangerous habits. Boom, you're done. Yeah, and it, it's it, like Swamp Thing. Oh, you get the first Alan Moore um, uh, collection. There's just so many evergreen books for their characters that it's just it's just ridiculous. True, but like, where would you treat something like an Animal Man, right? Because he, I don't think the. I mean, I guess you give him the first volume of. Uh, Morrison, yeah, right? yeah, the Morrison first volume. But then again, that's. It just scratches the surface of that right, character. Right. You can't give them the Lemire run because that's a, a thousand pages. Yep. It, right. For Animal Man, yeah. And I was thinking Wonder Woman. What is the the, the evergreen Wonder Woman? Of oh, the Trinity, she's the one that I think doesn't have one. Uh, right. It's not an easy one. I think because again, if you're telling me like, oh, I want to get to know Wonder Woman, I'll I'll mention the the Perez, right? But I don't. Is there? I don't know that there's any collection that's readily available and always in print. That probably just the first whatever yeah, collects the maybe. first handful of issues. Yeah, but I think those are generally these days found in like larger archival collections, right? I mean, yeah. Um, you you have things like. Uh, I mean, very recently we had Historia, which is phenomenal, but it's too new. I can't tell you. It's too new. It's got to. It's got to stand the test of time. And is it just Wonder Woman, or is it like all the Amazons? Like, is it? Is well, that's it, the other it, thing, right? It's it's right. It, it, exactly. It's it's not really pure Wonder Woman, and it's not. It's certainly not a take that's like most of the other takes we've ever seen. So so, but 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 I haven't. I can't think of too many short contained Wonder Woman. As cool as it is, I don't, um, and not that it went on for years and years and years, but um, I, I don't, I enjoyed it, but I don't know if, if I would consider um, like the Azzarello and, and, and Cliff Chang series. a. Um, well, that was like 40 issues. Right. No, no. I'm not, that's what I'm saying. Like whatever, if, if there's a, yeah, if there's a solid collection of, of like the first 12, okay, cool. Yeah. But I don't, I, I don't know if that, if that's a Wonder Woman that really, um, sticks or well just i don't i don't of all the versions of wonder woman we've had throughout the years i that one just doesn't stick with me as 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 much as others have Mm -hmm. yeah 
really sad. There's a there's a lack of of uh, books with staying power for Marvel. <laughs> like I was thinking Thor, and I immediately want to think Simonson. But you can't get someone the Simonson run. It's too long. No, but you can, because I have it written down here. You can give them the Searcher Saga from three forty through three fifty three. Okay. Yeah, that is a collection. Yeah, uh, it is. I, so I it's just the Searcher okay. Saga, and and that's and 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 I love that because I love that cause if you give them that, and they don't like the, then you don't like Thor. That, you're right. It passes that test. Yeah. And, well, that, and they were building up to it with the whole doom. I just, oh my god! Mm-hmm. It's and and it's the fine and 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 all fought. Oh no, that's okay. that's okay. great. Well, you know, Thor is 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 obviously a very popular character, but there's a whole stretch of Thor that is really mediocre. For sure, decades of Thor that was just mm, really nice to look at. Basima, Big John was drawing it. I mean, it was a beautiful looking book, but. I don't know. I I I think Thor is is the uh, he works much better as a team player than he does on his own. Yeah. Unless Frank, unless um, Walt Simonson was writing and drawing it, then it's a totally different thing. But that lightning struck, and it was never repeated. Yeah, because as as I mean, Lord knows, I've got however, I've got the five trade collections of of Aaron's run but even that Thor is really involved in the Marvel universe and you've got all the rock sound stuff so I mean there's it's yeah he's still he's still involved with other people even when not not entirely but there's a lot that Jason wrote that involved other Marvel characters whereas Walt not so much you kind of just let Thor do something yeah I have, have one of Asgard with that. Oh, yeah, no, I have one. You mean I have a lot of input on Legion of Superheroes. I mean, is how how long is the Great Darkness Saga? Uh, it's not long. It's like six, six, seven, five, six, seven issues around there. That's yeah. it. Yeah, you can you I can give them one of them that I've read. But yeah, I would give them the Great Darkness Saga. Yeah, okay, 100%. yeah, more than there. Easy, done in one. You can't give mm-hmm. them five years later because it's not going to make a damn bit of sense to them. No, no, you can't. You can't give them. You you you, you can't give them um, the uh, the Wade kits and stuff because that that was tied into. You, you started off as Superboy in the Legion of Superheroes, then halfway through because of whatever event was going on, and it becomes Supergirl in the Legion of Superheroes, and there's just a lot more of outside DC involvement with with, with the later yeah. Legion stuff. You so you can't no, give great, him great the Bendis great. run because no, he just didn't get it. So, but. <laughs> <laughs> that's hilarious so, yeah, how about uh, Doctor Strange oh man I, I I mean there's I like a lot of Doctor Strange stories I mean I, I don't want to say the oath because that's just that that's a knee jerk reaction and that's not necessarily the strongest Doctor Strange story so I wouldn't I wouldn't feel right giving somebody that uh, I, w- I wouldn't I wouldn't want to call that an evergreen um, even though it's real pretty yeah I don't um but that's I, what I'm saying. Like, I don't still, think there like, is. There's one. a lot of his stuff is collected. There's the Frank Bruner drawn stuff that I think Engelhart wrote. But I mean, yeah, that's, I don't think that's, that's collected right now, unless it's in an omnibus. Yeah, it's I mean, in an I mean, epic collection. Old, and I have the old uh, the old Marvel trade of it when they first started doing trades. But yeah, it's and it's so trippy. You you, you really should be um, under the influence if you're going to read it. Hmm. Um. There were a couple, but. Um, and it was really only one for me, but what do you guys think, if you think, of uh, Green Lantern? 
Yeah, I'm not going to say rebirth. Uh, no, I'm not. Uh, I don't. You don't, don't want to go back to that well. No, nah, no. I, no, I, I didn't, mean, I didn't either. I but didn't. if again, if if you don't want to do a whole lot of heavy lifting, you don't want to waste your personal time searching for a book for this person who's inquiring about Green Lantern, I would give them Rebirth. It's just it's easy, it's accessible, it's in print, it's well written. It looks like crap, but if, well, and, and in that case, then if if you want to give them something kind of modern. And and you don't want to do Rebirth, you could always do Secret Origin. My only problem with that is that it was smack dab in the middle of like two storylines. You had um, it, it, it basically kicked off. It was almost like a, a, a prologue to um, uh, the introduction of the Black Core and and uh, uh, the the fucking where all the the heroes came back. Was it what the hell was it? Not Final Crisis. It was. Um, but it was when Black Hand was 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 reviving all the dead characters. Oh, Blackest and... Night! Thank oh, you, oh, Christ, yeah. Jesus! Yes, yeah, yeah. So but it, was, see, it was right after Sinestro Corps War and and Blackest Night, and and so it, it's a neat little origin story. But it was it was basically just designed to to introduce you to, to the characters from Blackest Night. Right. I, I, there's a problem with Green Lantern because for the majority of the publication history of Green Lantern, there were no color rings other than green. Right. Yes. So for an introduction to the character, I would try and find something that does not bring the other colors into it. Then if they mm-hmm. liked it, I would say, okay, now you, this is really going to set your world on fire. And I will give them Sinestro Core War, the, the collected edition of that. Yeah. Because then that starts with all the colors and that's mm-hmm. yeah, it, it's, it's a hard call. You don't want to muddy the waters for someone who's inquiring about a character. So what's what's this Green Lantern about? Well, he has a power ring and it's green. Wait a minute, there's a blue one in here and a yellow one and an orange. Like what is? So I don't. I wouldn't want to, you know, stir the pot too briskly. Because people are are finicky. You know, they're fun. Yeah, oh, for sure they are. Yeah, and which is if if I if I'm pressed um, and and sure some of it may be dated. But at least, you know, as far as getting getting to the core of, of what makes and, – and for me, I mean, if somebody comes to me asking for a Green Lantern book, they're going to get a Hal book. If they're not getting Mosaic, they're going to get a Hal book. So uh, if I want to show somebody what – I want to show somebody what what Hal is like as a Green Lantern or, or, or what the, the concept of the character, what it does for me um, – it would be hard traveling heroes, and then they get some Green Lantern, Green Arrow as well. But it's it, it's it's been collected. It's in a million places. But I mean, these handful of issues, they look great. Again, yes, they are they're of an error. But but I mean, some of those stories are sure as hell relevant today because of the crap that's going on in the world. So um, I don't. I, I think you'll. I'd like to think somebody could still enjoy it, even if it's um, older than a lot of our listeners. Speaking of Green Arrow, Longbow Hunters. Yeah, I knew you were going to say that, and I love that. But um, I actually had uh, I had that written, but I, for me, I ended up going with uh, because of the story itself. Um, and Longbow Hunters is so great. But um, there's uh, the Archer's Quest from Green Arrow sixteen through twenty one. Uh, written by Brad Meltzer with Phil and Andy on art, James Sinclair mm. on colors. Um, that's just it's. It, what was neat about that is it followed the Kevin Smith run because that's 
who kicked off the series. Um, but it was there was also a lot going on with Ali because um, he was it, it it deals with his funeral from from because Ali sacrificed himself and 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 he had died and now he's back. So Archer's Quest kind of just fleshed that out a little bit more and 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 it really gave some unique perspective on on Ali and and his family and um and what he goes through or what he would do to to protect those he loves and I I think of that story often and fondly it is no longbow hunters but but as far as something that kind of just lets you know who green arrow is within the context of the DC universe whereas longbow hunters he's kind of just pretty much solo except with Dinah uh Archer's Quest is is gets my nod Mm. Yeah, I mean, for me, it's Longbow Hunters for sure. Yep. First green, first green arrow story I think I ever read. So nice. Plays That's a, a good one to too. start with. Shit. Yeah. 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 So, um, hmm. Um, I'm trying to think any that can stump you guys with. <sighs> Let's see how. Oh, oh, here we go. Here we go. Lobo. <laughs> He, he chintzes. He he mocks the, the Giffen. The Giffen Alan Grant Lobo. The business, yeah. yeah, yeah. Just How yeah, many the first talking four. four the, the the first four, or you could also. But if you really want to beef it up, then you can also include Lobo's back. That's another four issue. You're not going to give them Omega Man. <laughs> no, you're not going to give them Omega Man because that's not Lobo. But you're not you're not going to you're not going to give them the Cullen Bun stuff because that's emo goth Lobo. You're not going to. Um, Wait, what do you mean it's not Lobo? It's totally Lobo. It's totally lo- just the look, though. It oh. looks more like it, it looks like a clown. It wasn't face, refined it yet, right? Yeah. Yes, yes. Yeah. He wasn't. He wasn't the bastage, but um, the. Uh, I mean, he he had, of course, his ongoing series, but no those those first couple of minis were uh, that. That's all you need to know who Lobo is. Yeah, we got to give go. uh, okay. Tom King a, a little bit of much uh, earned love and say, okay, Supergirl, Tom King. Yep. Vision, um, Tom Vision, King. Tom King. Yeah, Adam Strange. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Um, yeah, I, 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 for the general public, I would even say Mister Miracle. Well, I was going to bring up Mister Miracle, and then I thought it was you're, you were going to be going to be sitting there cry, crying in your tears because the blasphemy of, of ever saying someone other than Kirby could have no. The the, Jack's run's not going to click with contemporary readers. Yeah, mm, it's true. just not. News, I mean, uh, yeah, Newsboy Legion. Mm, yeah 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 i guess if you remember i mean i'm sure you do but way back when tom was first getting rolling on batman we had him on the show because we were excited for him i think it was right after he put us in the book as as being killed off by the joker henchman and he you remember he said something and i'm this is a decade ago and I'm, i'm sure i'm bastardizing and paraphrasing it but he basically said if he could, his his dream would be to have a career where he created definitive stories about characters in the way that Alan Moore did. And he wasn't trying to say he was going to be like Alan Moore, but he was saying that you know, or Frank Miller, when like we talked about on the on the bonus app, like when you when you think of these creators, the reason they're all time greats is in part because they have given us definitive stories of many characters. Right. Like when you think like, what is the story I should like, what's the best this character's ever been written? It's, it's these, it's these names come up and a decade later, fast forward, I would say, and I recognize that, you know, maybe 
I may like Tom more than some listeners, vice versa. I don't know, but 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 I would say definitively he has done that a few times already. Like like, and he's been smart. He's been he's been picking uh, secondary or tertiary characters who haven't had the volume of 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 work done about them, and so there is more open space to craft a, an interesting and definitive version. And I think he's done a nice job with that. I think he's gone yeah. way to. To, to living up to that goal that he set for himself. I enjoyed the series, but I think the one he touched that didn't live up to his own expectations was Omega Man. I, I, oh, I, like, I thought you were going to talk about the, I can't even think of the name right now, the one where the, uh, the Flash and the murder, oh, the PTSD book. Oh, yeah, no. When, when he made Wally the killer? Yes. Uh, yeah. Heroes in Crisis or whatever. Heroes in Crisis, yeah. Something like that. No, I wasn't yeah. talking about that. No, yeah. Omega Man. Omega Man's really good, but one, I don't think it eclipses the original. And two, I don't think it was accessible enough that he, a, a trick that he's managed to pull off with every one of his 12 issue mini, uh, series, except for the Omega Man. Like, I don't think the Omega Man clicked like Pretty, yeah, Supergirl yeah. did. Right, right, yeah. Right, yeah. yeah. All right, that's it. That was fun. Oh, you're throwing in the, All right, yeah, good. Well, there's plenty more. We can always pick this up again some some other time. Cool. Well, let's do an, let's do a fast au revoir, uh, yeah, French thing of <laughs> of just name one and we'll say going okay. out. The atom. Wow. Uh, it's not it's not the definitive origin, but the only atom I would give to someone is sort of the atom. Sort yep. of the Adam, yeah, hundred yeah. percent. Agree. Yeah. Oh. I'll give you one because there's an easy mm-hmm. answer. Captain Marvel. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the, oh. the Captain Marvel. Isn't that sad? <laughs> that is. Yeah. I that would say is. the same with New, New Mutants, right? You go Marvel graphic novel. I mean, that's. Oh no. Yes. No. Yes. What? No. Said it again. Yes. He, he said for the New Mutants, the Marvel graphic novel. Of course. That does no. It's only a brief glimpse into the characters. Oh, uh-uh. Well, I mean, it's all, okay. I mean, listen, we're, we can't give him the demon bear. It's too big. Is it? How, I, I, I don't think so. I think it's less than ten. Yeah, I do too. Oh, yeah. I don't know, man. Yeah, I would definitely give him demon bear. Well, if yeah. it's less than ten, I stand corrected. I, I, I right. remember. Or the Asgardian Wars. I would give. I know that's not oh, the well, best. Yeah, that's lit. That's pretty. It's lit. it's lit, but it's not. I don't think it's an it, number one. It is an evergreen title because they just keep that sucker in print. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I don't think it's a it's a good insight into what the New Mutants were. It's doesn't... at that point, yes, mm-hmm. but not you know. Does the collection include the two-issue oversized uh, X Men Alpha Flight? Oh, well, I don't know. Oh yeah, the Art Adam, yeah, the Art Adam stuff. No, yeah. uh, Paul Smith, I think. Or Paul Smith stuff, yeah. yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah. Nice. Uh, well, this one's easy because really, there's really only one collection for it anyway. Uh, Super Sons. Well, that's weird. <laughs> Wait, what? That's weird. <laughs> I don't think, doesn't the character itself have to be like worthy of being definitive to? <laughs> Like super suck. They're like brand new. They're just like baby versions of the. They're young versions of the other characters. Well, they're not young cars. anymore. No, yes, they are. Oh. But no, uh, the, the 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 Tomasi and uh, and and Jimenez omnibus. I was thinking of, but mm-hmm. well, that's not. Uh, yeah, but it's only it's 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 basically like a dozen issues. Oh, okay. It, 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 right. Yeah, it, it's not. 
It's not a massive omnibus. Uh, it's not who's who. Okay. Vince, uh, how about how about Conan? Oof. Yikes! Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> um. I really don't know. I I I would want to say Song of Red Sonia, but mm-hmm. but no. Um, you could give them Red Nails. You can give them Tower of the Elephant. Uh, that no, I, there's no, I don't have I don't have an answer. <laughs> Eternals. It, I would not give them the Romita Junior version. <laughs> is that is that the game in stuff? The yes. Game in Jr.? Yeah. Okay. No. Mm-mm. Changed it too much. I would just give them the entire uh, Kirby run. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I guess so. Um, how did that compare? How does how did the? Um, I mean, I'd give Bill them the. I, I was going to say I'd I'd give them just the. the it was only 12, I'd give them the twelve issue, Kieran Gillen Isaiah Ribic uh, run because I it was one of my favorite runs of that year for Marvel. So, twenty twenty one. That makes sense. Yeah. Oh shit! Twenty twenty one. It was that recent. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. It was COVID. It was the COVID book. Yeah. Ghost Rider. None. <laughs> Son of Satan, none. none. Man thing. There's really none. There's none. No, there's none. Aquaman, none. None. Howard the Duck, none. none. Right? You gotta none. get in the omnibus. You gotta, gotta you, you gotta yeah. read all of Howard or none. Same yeah. thing with Rom. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty yeah, much. and Micronauts. Same yeah. thing with Micronauts. Yeah. 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 Godzilla, you gotta read the whole run. Um, well, everybody knows who Godzilla is anyway. Uh, like there's there's really Hercules. There's mm-hmm. one. I would go with the original, with the, the Layton, the Layton. Um, yeah, absolutely. Oh yeah, Prince of Power. For, yeah, yeah, Prince Still of Power. Yep. Yeah, and those are. I think they package Prince of Power one and two together. Yeah, they do. Yes. Yep. Which is really um, smart. Excalibur, cross time caper, easy. Still in print. You can always. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh, I don't. And know. And if it's not drawn by Davis, it don't count. Yeah, but there was a lo- there was a good chunk of the cross time caper that wasn't drawn by Davis. Wait, no, that's not true. That is true. Did they revisit it? No, there's some cross time that didn't uh, Davis didn't draw. I remember hmm. thinking back in the day, like what? Anyway, I don't know, bro. I, I would only give them a book Excalibur if it contained the uh, Nightcrawler Warlord of Mars issue, because that <laughs> is that is the single best, <laughs> not only Nightcrawler story but Excalibur book. Mm. Yeah, but I would give Mojo Mayhem. For um, Excalibur, that's the Art Adams book. Yeah, yeah. To me, I'm with the. If it doesn't have Alan Davis, it it's not. It's not definitive Excalibur. Sorry, I can't. Oh, well, here you go, Vince. What? Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Oh, the first volume. Yeah, right? that's that's what I was leaning towards. I mean, Sylvie's been doing some great stuff, but again, that's still it. It it's. No, you, nah, you got to cut your teeth on the original, and they say, and yeah. then, you, then you, you, the one-two punch, you give them that, and then you, the next one is, oh, here's where they are today, and they'll be like, yeah. oh, look how they've changed. Damn, you know what? Props to you because here I am recommending Cross Time Caper and thinking like I remember it like it was yesterday, and then you're dropping this what I thought was nonsense about Alan Davis and Paul Neary didn't do the whole 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 arc, and you were freaking right. Of course I am. <laughs> No, I'm saying, but props to you because I would I would have fought you on that one. I would have been like, Nah, dude, you're totally wrong. But yeah, no, but you were right on that one. Hundred percent. There are very few Marvel books that I love. Excalibur is one of them. 
Yeah. So I mean, I, do you, I, we'll, we'll pull pull a deep cut. Do you do you remember who the who some of the other artists were? Uh, was it James Fry? No, I think it was. I, I I'm gonna say. Oh, uh, it wasn't Zercher, but it's a Zercher like artist. Uh, it's, it's not Joe Mad, but it's somebody with um. A, a, oh crap. Um, no, Joe Mad did a couple Excalibur issues, but not in the cross-time yeah. caper. Well, first let me no. say, because maybe, I don't know if this will help or not, but 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 Alan Davis and Paul Neary drew the first six chapters. This is a 12-issue 12, 12 uh, arc. They did the first six, and they did the final. They did, so did one through six, and 11, <clears throat> 11 and 12. So seven, eight, nine, and ten, they did not, uh, they did not draw. I know Terry Austin inked it. Yeah, I, I know who the damn artist is, and the name's on the tip of my tongue, and it's a weird name. Just and tell I, us. Um, yeah, so you're, you're thinking of the, there's a Crosstime Keeper prologue the issue before that Terry Austin uh, that, uh, uh, inked, but um, part seven was drawn by Dennis Jensen and Dan Atkins. No, I was thinking of him. Part, uh, part eight was drawn by Rick Leonardi and Al Milgram. Ooh. No. Part, Not uh, a shabby duo. No. Yeah, for sure. Um Part nine was drawn by Chris Wozniak and Al Milgram. I was thinking of Wozniak, sure. Part ten was also drawn by Chris Wozniak and Al Milgram. Yeah, yeah I was thinking of Wozniak. Those are, those are your fill-in issues. Woz. Crazy. I, you know, I have the entire run of Excalibur bound. I know you do. You love do. it. I love it so I much. I have all the issues and the omnibus. I got it in many versions, but yeah. I even like the Warren Ellis issues. Yeah, I don't, right? yeah, I don't, I don't love them, but I like them. Same, same. Yeah. Is that when Pete Wisdom was introduced? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Wisdom's a dick. Yep. yep. I, don't, mm-hmm. I don't cotton to what he did to, to Kitty. And he stays being a dick. Like, even in yeah. the, um, well, he's like, British. what was it, the, the, the Captain Britain and MI-13. Like, yeah. just, yeah. Yeah. All right, everybody. We have way overstayed our welcome. Seriously. Yes. We hope you enjoyed that little uh, game. We're going to be doing another one probably soon. In the meantime... I want you to check out. I know we were not supposed to repeat ourselves. Mm. That's almost like I'm not racist, yeah. but yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. the guy who came up with the rules. No, saying, we're not. You know but I, I want to do a bunch of quick hits because I have, and so it's the it's where we overstayed our welcome. Is the episode you want to do it on? No, no, no. I'm not doing it now. I'm doing quick, oh, okay. quick, quick hits next episode. But this was one okay. of the quick hits that deserves a little bit more finesse. But I, I've I've managed to curate my Wednesday comics so finely tuned that you know when you go, you get your books on Wednesday and you bring them home. You're like, okay, I'll read that. I'll leave that to stack up. I'll read this, this, and those. The, these other four, I'll let stack up. I read everything that comes out on Wednesday. That's how finely tuned I've managed to, to, nice. to, to get. It's, it's, it has never happened before. So I'm hoping it lasts. One of the books I have to read when it comes out is Incredible Hulk. This is Incredible Hulk number eight, written by Philip Kennedy Johnson, illustrated by Nick Klein. It's part three of the, um, the Uncle Sal Ghost Rider story. I talked about it before. Mm-hmm. It, it, this, this, War devil that goes by the name of Ginny Degal manages to take over the Hulk's body, right? And he has this um, metaphorical, maybe could exist in another dimension, but he has this garden type area 
Um, so when he takes over the Hulk's body, Banner gets shunted into this ethereal, otherworldly garden, and there's a carcass there. And there's hyenas running around, and 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 they got their eyes on him. But then when this Ginny DeGal comes in, he looks at Banner. He goes, "Oh, you little, you little locust, you little vermin! I'm going to take you." And the carcass that's near Bruce, Bruce tries to get away. The carcass that's near Bruce transforms into the Hulk, but it's all he's all shredded and bony, and he takes Bruce Banner and puts him in his rib cage. And the Hulk's like, he's mine. You're not touching him. Essentially, Banner is a prisoner of the Hulk in this series. And this, this issue perfectly illustrates this fact by throwing, by, by housing Bruce within the Hulk's rib cage. It is absolutely amazing. And Klein illustrated this section in his watercolor style. It is just absolutely gorgeous. We are not worthy of this book. It is so freaking good. There's a, a tag team chain action between the Ghost Rider and the Hulk. Um, Hulk goes chained, and the Ghost Rider throws the chain to the Hulk. Hulk jumps up on this giant creature, this Ginny DeGal, wraps the chain around its neck and pulls and separates its head from its body. Like, it is just amazing. But one of the things, the takeaway from this issue, and I don't know if it's going to have further implications in the Marvel Universe. Hopefully it will. Ghost Rider makes an interesting revelation about Leo. Remember the little kid that he protects? Mm -hmm. He said that the thing that brings him back to the land of the living claims that if Leo dies everything will go wrong. So that's a big deal. Like if this child that exists within the Marvel Universe dies, everything goes to shit. So I really hope Johnson or someone else in another series revisits this idea because it's very interesting to me that there's a boy on which the entire fate of the Marvel Universe rests. That's really cool. So fodder for future storylines read Incredible Hulk. It is it is one of those books that enjoy it now because when it's gone, we're going to say we told you so. It is that good. Yeah. Yeah, I'd, 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 I'd go along with that. Uh, real quick, because the fifth issue isn't out yet, or I haven't got my hands on it. If it did come out this week, I don't think it did. But um, the uh, I really have been um when i caught up on the uh issues three and four of uh of the cull i uh it, after reading the first issue i kind of thought i knew what was going on but uh then the world really um opened up a bit and and it's uh it's it's wild kelly thompson uh mateo ilias and I just it it is a very well rendered book. It it it's um it definitely leans towards the more realistic of uh of, of your comic books, but but the uh like I said this the, the this world that, that Kelly created on the other side of this this cave, it it's it's nuts. I cannot wait to see what the fifth issue has in store for us. Um, but yeah, if, if you haven't been getting them in issues, um, I'm sure the collection 
will uh, be out soon enough. But yeah, in your travels, check out the call. Nice. Um, in your travels, check out Somna. S O M N A. Number two hit the stands this week. It is by uh, published by Distillery, the new the new publisher. Ah, yes. Doing the hype to Prestige Books. This is uh, it's a collaborative work. It's written and drawn by Becky Cloonan and Tula Lote. They both write it and draw it with colors by Lee Lowridge. Um, and uh, well, I guess Tula colors her own stuff because she paints it. But um, it's 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 some pretty intense stuff. That this would be clear. This is not um, even though it's it's issue number two. Each issue is sixty pages. Uh, so it's effectively like little mini trades each, but um, so you're, you know, we're two issues in, we're 120 pages in. Um, but this is in the 1600s in England, a small English village at a time when, when uh, there's a lot of, um, you know, religious Protestantism, puritanical stuff going on and witch hunting and the like. And the story revolves around a woman who is, um, is, is married to a very religious puritanical man. And uh, he happens to also be a witch hunter and, um, and she starts being possessed or by thoughts of, uh, sexual relations with a, a creature who may or may not be the devil. And, uh, it's very, it's a very erotic, uh, book. Like I said, it's a period piece. There's a lot of complexity to it. It's definitely not, it's not a quick and easy read. It's a very complex read that they're building, but I think they solve that by giving you 60 issues at a time. Um, it looks incredible. Um, for those that don't know Becky and Tula's art styles, they're uh, quite different from one another. They're, so the juxtaposition against them from every few pages. Uh, and there's a reason. I'll just say that Becky draws one component of reality and Tula paints the other. I'll leave it at that. Um, but the juxtaposition makes perfect sense as a storytelling tool. And it's incredible stuff. And Distillery is setting a high bar for the level of quality that they're planning on putting out all right everybody thank you for listening we hope you come back next time if you are so kind check out our patreon page patreon.com forward slash 11 o'clock comics and don't forget cheapgraphicnovels.com. you want to get your stuff cheap go to there and you will save ogn's omnibus editions trade paperbacks manga they got it massively discounted cheapgraphicnovels.com. and your travels Ah, you know what to do. Say goodnight. Hmm. I got duct tape. Here, we'll do the duct tape serenade. Da 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 da. Da 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 da. da. David. <laughs> Did I'm you actually sure hear that? Yes. I'm. I'm. I'm glad you didn't. Say duct tape along to the DuckTales theme song. No. Good night. Boom, boom, boom. Too long. Boom, boom. Oh my goodness. There you go. Tell them you love them so much. So much. Too much. That's it for that one.